It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Tuesday morning at Wax. Well, if you're going to dance outside, be careful because we've still got ice out there melting a little bit, and thank goodness it is. Man, I'm telling you, I've never seen the roads in shape like they are this year, especially in the city. I don't know if they're that bad out way out in the country, but in the city of Eau Claire, they're not good, that is for sure. Good morning, Bob Bosol with you. Jill Welke also with us from the Welke Land and Cattle Company. How are the country roads back out where you live? Well, the roads aren't bad, but my yard sure is uh, yeah, well, know, it's an ice skating rink. Yeah, this uh, this weather this year kind of caught people off guard, that's for sure. And Man, oh man, I got really in the middle of my road, which is a pretty well-traveled street in Eau Claire. I got like six-inch curbs in the middle. You got your two lanes for your wheels. And then if you get off of that, man, you tear the bottom out of your vehicle. It's, <laughs> it's not good out there. So hopefully this weather will knock some of that stuff down as we go along. Because the weather is supposed to stay pretty nice right through the week. As we take a look at some of the things going on around the area, uh, gear up, mark your calendar. If you got your 2023 calendar out, hopefully you do. Mark uh, March 7th and 8th, right? March 7th and 8th, we're going to be having the Eau Claire Farm Show. It's at the Menards... Convention oh, Center, Menards, Menards Convention, Convention Center. Center. Yeah, out the old home office area, so to speak, of uh, of Menards. It's been there forever, and uh, we'll be out there March seventh. And the FFA is going to have a silent auction. They are going to have a silent auction. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to be both days or just one day, but they are working on collecting up some goods for the silent auction. All right, so uh, look forward to that. Uh, the Henrys, Bill and uh, Sally put that show on and do such a great job. There aren't many farm shows. Lacrosse gone, Rice Lake gone, Marshfield gone. gone. So uh, the Eau Claire Farm Show, the old tried and true Eau Claire Farm Show, will be going March seventh and eighth here in Eau Claire. So uh, make sure you're aware of that. Also today we'll hear about a uh, shortage some ag tech workers in our technology areas that are becoming so prominent uh, we're packing some clean underwear because on friday we're heading out with our farm tour to california looking forward to that as well and also uh, mention a couple of really good guys that we've lost here in the last uh, few days in agriculture we'll mention mention those guys uh, really good guys and uh, unfortunately that's uh, the way of the world and uh, you know it used to be when i started here the old generation, no, I'm part of that generation, and I'm uh, sorry to see these guys leave because I kind of grew up with them. They helped me in agriculture as we uh, continued on this journey of doing radio and television farm broadcasting for, well, better than 45 years now. So we will uh, say our goodbyes to those gentlemen this morning because, uh, again, it, uh, it hurts to lose more and more of these folks. But uh, weather-wise, we'll continue on with the, well, i got to say above average uh, this week. You started calving yet at the Welke Land and Cattle Company? We have our first three heifers in, but they're not showing us much. Mostly they're in because I was going to be gone and my daughter wanted it easy to watch them. So, but you haven't got any on the ground. No, we don't have any on the ground. So, what's the uh, naming pattern this year? We have L's for the name. So, you got some picked out already? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) I'm thinking we're going to have Luna and Lily and 
And uh, maybe we'll have a little Bob. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll come up with something. You didn't use the good names that I picked out for you last year, but uh, we'll see if we can improve on that. All right, we've got 34 degrees. We'll tell you more about the weather as we move forward in February. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Our weather this morning on Wax brought to you by Chilson Automotive Group. They've got over 70 new Jeeps available now and over 70 new Rams available as well. Go to Chilson.com. Partly cloudy, 36 today, 42 tomorrow. Chance of precipitation on Thursday, but the high will be 36. And when we board the bus to head to Minneapolis, to head to San Francisco on Friday for our California farm tour, we'll have a high about 26. It's 34 right now on Wax on a Tuesday morning. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Let's listen to some news. NBC News Radio. I'm Trey Thomas. President Biden says the shooting down of a Chinese balloon will not change his State of the Union speech Tuesday night. Speaking on the White House lawn, Biden was firm on the U.S. response to China's possible surveillance balloon. We made it clear to China what we're going to do. They understand our position. We're not going to back off. We did the right thing. And there's not a bad question of weakening their strength. It's just reality. Biden said it was always his idea to shoot it down once it was safe to do so. There will be seven days of national mourning following devastating earthquakes in Turkey. Matt Bradley reports it's the country's largest disaster since 1939. This whole country is mobilizing to try to pitch into that search and rescue effort that's going on after that disastrous earthquake in southern Turkey that straddled the border with Syria. The number of deaths is now sky high and is set to rise even further. More than 4,300 are dead and thousands more injured from the first magnitude 7.8 quake. Americans may be pessimistic about the future of the economy. A new Gallup poll shows 67% of respondents said they expect inflation to rise in the first half of this year, while 48% believe stock market values will decline. 74% predict interest rate hikes this year. AMC Theaters is introducing a new ticket pricing initiative based on seat location. The chain is launching Sightline at AMC. There will be three different seat pricing options, including standard Sightline. Seats in the front row are dubbed Value Sightline and Preferred Sightline, which are seats in the middle of the theater. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Hi, I'm Bob Bosel, inviting you to join me on a tour of Scotland and Northern Ireland with Agricultural Highlights August 15th to the 25th. We'll see the scenery, the people, and the agriculture on this one-of-a-kind tour in the land of the 40 shades of green. We'll visit the Edinburgh Castle, make unique stops at an Irish dairy farm and other agricultural highlights and villages, and enjoy a Guinness or two. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword wax, to learn more about our tour, or call 888-557-1020 for a free brochure for those who work in acres not in hours wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and again contact holiday vacations right away that trip to northern ireland scotland filling up fast so get your name on the list 
and uh, then you can make your final decision later on. But if you're not on the list, uh, your decision might not mean much later on. So, again, get it done right away, won't you? Hey, weather partly cloudy today and tomorrow. will be 36 today, 42 tomorrow. Thursday, there's a chance of precipitation about 36, but it's still not going to get real cold. 26 on Friday, 34 on Saturday, 37 on Sunday. 33 in Rice Lake right now, 32 in Medford, 36 in Wausau, Marshfield, 34, 40 over Green Bay, Madison, Sun Prairie, 39. It's 47 in Milwaukee right now, and 34 degrees here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. Let's take a look at our markets brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And also coming up, uh, Jill spent part of the weekend down in Waukesha with the Wisconsin FFA Alumni Convention and We'll speak with uh, one of our area FFA state officers, right, coming up? Yep. We're going to talk to Devaney Hinkleman. Okay. She's out of Loyal, and that's Section 7. All right. So that's coming up. Jerry Clark, also Chippewa County Ag Agent, supposed to be in this morning. So a busy morning. But uh, what do the livestock numbers look like? Well, our cash prices for choice-fed beef steers are 147 to 157 with mixed at 130 to 145. Choice-fed beef heifers are 147 to 161 with mixed at 91 to 145. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 133 to 143 with select and silage-fed steers, 103 to 132. Cows are 67 to 110. Bulls are 70 to 106 with butcher hogs at 73 to 93. Sows are 37 to 44 with boars at 10 to 22. Shorn market lambs are 117 and a half to 136. Feeder lambs are 110 to 275. Ewes are 70 to 90. Small goats are 15 to 200 dollars. Medium goats are 70 to 220 dollars. Large goats are 50 to 395 dollars. With nanny goats at 25 to 235 dollars. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle were higher, hogs were mostly lower. We've got uh, April live cattle, 164.47, that was up 35. June at 160.70, up 42. And August cattle, 159.82, up 17. Feeder cattle for March, 187.70, up $1.60. April feeders, 191.75, up $1.12. May at 195.52, up 75. August, 208.77, up 85. And September at 211.77, that was up 112. February lean hogs were uh, up two cents, and that was at seventy five oh five at the close. Then hogs went lower. April eighty two seventy two down three seventy five. May hogs ninety two twenty five down three oh two. With June at uh, one hundred dollars fifty five cents, that was down two seventy five. Board of Trade yesterday at the close, uh, beans were lower, weaker meal market, and some Chinese balloon hangover, I guess. Corn a little higher, at, uh, they had about a penny higher, sales to Japan and Mexico overnight. March corn down three cents, 676. The oats at 383. March wheat down four at 745. March soybeans up six cents overnight, 1527. Meal up 60 cents a ton at $489.60. Barrel cheese down three a dollar sixty. The blocks down a cent and a half at a dollar eighty five, and the butter up a half a cent at two thirty eight. February class three down eight at seventeen eighty four. March down twenty seven at seventeen forty six. April down fourteen at seventeen ninety. May down thirteen at eighteen twenty eight, and June down nine at eighteen seventy five. So that's where we are this morning. Looking at our markets, courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance, and we're going to hear uh, some of the activities. From the uh, alumni convention, what's going on with the state FFA officers coming up next? 
brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services and, of course, serving you uh, all over central Wisconsin. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are in February, and the state officers have been working hard, getting out there, talking to a lot of different people. And I got to catch up with Devaney Hinkleman. She is Section 7 State Vice President for Wisconsin. Tell me one thing that you've kind of enjoyed or really brought back the big wow for you. I really enjoyed getting to know all the members, especially just going to the different schools, meeting with the different students. All my chapter visits have been a lot of fun. And I obviously knew going in it was going to be a lot of really cool experiences to kind of meet members and see their schools, but I didn't expect them to have as big of an impact on me as they did. And in Section 7, you do some unique things like section-wide. Tell me one activity that you guys really enjoy. Last month, we had our um, first like Section 7 volleyball tournament in Loyal. It was a lot of fun. We had 11 teams from a bunch of different schools, and we had a really fun night, and I was really glad that we could kind of get that event started. The state officers did come out on top. We had a pretty good team. Um, we played Thorpe in the championship, and they gave us a run for our money, so it was a lot of fun. And beyond just playing the volleyball, what is one of those benefits that is from gathering like that? One of my biggest goals when I wanted to plan it was just to get that camaraderie between members um, across the section. And so I think that was a huge thing that was achieved that night. All of the students could hang out in between games, talk about things that are going on at their schools, and just kind of build those new friendships. And as I mentioned before, we're here in February. You've got a few things coming up yet. What are some of the big ones? So we have our sectional speaking contest in Loyal on March 13th. That's probably one of the biggest things coming up. We also are going to be starting judging contests before we know that. So that's going to be a big thing on our calendar as well. And then obviously banquet season is right around the corner. So I know a lot of my teammates and I are finishing up our speeches for those. And then to wrap out your year, what's the big one? Our state convention will be June 13th through the 15th. We're definitely super excited um, Casey and I are going to be opening up convention. We're chairing the first session, so that's very exciting. But there's going to be a lot of cool things that our members are going to get recognized for this year. And are you working on all your speeches already? Definitely. And again, that's Devin Hinkleman from the Loyal FFA chapter. She was down at the uh, Waukesha meeting of the FFA alumni, and uh, we'll get an update on that. It's hard to believe we're February, June's not that far away, and turn over the reins to the next team. Absolutely, and I think there is there's um, applications due here the end of March for the new FFA state, the new wannabes for the state uh, officers. Oh, that's good to know. All right, so uh, get them together. We've got a lot of from Jill and I talk to so many FFA members every week in our FFA on the air, and there's so many good members that will make strong officers, and um, you know, hopefully it can work into their schedule because that's uh, the strength of the organization starts at the top with the officer team and Devaney Hinkleman from uh, over there at Loyal doing a great job. Almost 14 minutes after 5 o'clock, we'll get a little bit more of a review of what happened down at Waukesha this weekend. Coming up next as we look at some farm news. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Almost 16 minutes after 5 o'clock and a Tuesday morning here at Wax. And uh, Jill was at the FFA Alumni Convention. What else went on besides having all the the state officers there, Jill. 
Well, first of all, it was held down in Waukesha under the theme, Where We Need to Be in 2023. Educational sessions focused on advocate, donor, mentor, and volunteer activities for the 280 alumni members and guests from across the state. Attendees also took part in business meetings where leaders from organizations included in Team Ag Ed gave program updates, budgets were outlined, a few bylaw changes were adopted, resolutions were passed, and the executive team accepted their new positions. The awards banquet on Saturday night recognized various award winners from across the state. And from our area, Jenna Bergen of the Chippewa Falls FFA was honored as one of Wisconsin's Outstanding Agriculture Educators. Granted, FFA alumni and supporters won the Public Relations Award and a gold rating in the National Outstanding Chapter Award. And Roger Nitschke of Granton was presented with a Team Ag Ed Contributor Award. With Mike Sable from Auburndale retiring from the council. Between convention contributors and the live auctions, $30,000 was raised to support grants for alumni projects, scholarships for FFA members, and leadership conferences for FFA chapters. It was really a neat event to be down there. It's the first one I've ever been to. A lot of excitement and a lot of engagement with the alumni members on how to grow their chapters and how to help out FFA chapters, too. Yeah, I haven't been to one of those conventions in a long time, but I know there's always a lot of enthusiasm down there. That is for sure. So good stuff. What else is happening? We've got, uh, well, I saw we had a little drizzle overnight, but a lot of people could use that, huh? Absolutely. And those drought conditions are still persist, still persist in some areas. Just under 62% of the nation continues to be in some stage of the drought, even with recent rains and winter snow. At least 40% of the nation has experienced drought conditions for the last 120 weeks, and that's a 21st century record. East of the Mississippi River has seen the most improvement with areas in Michigan and along the coast still suffering. In the western U.S., California has gotten some needed rains to help crawl out from their ongoing water shortage, but 60% of the 11 western states are reporting some sort of drought condition. Yeah, and you look at uh, the rain. I talked to my son who lives in Monterey. He said, no, it hasn't rained out here for the last uh, two, three weeks. He said, sunshine, pretty good weather, but up in the mountains, the ski mountains, they've got a lot of snow, so the reservoirs they expect to be full, which is a good thing because California agriculture is a marvel to the world. Which, uh, I think what they say, if, if California was its own agricultural entity, it would be the third largest uh, agricultural economy in the world so it is remarkable what they can do but they can grow anything they want in california they just don't grow i don't think they grow tobacco and i don't think they grow soybeans but just about everything else they grow in california an interesting place that's for sure coming up we've got a conversation concerning a shortage of service techs in agriculture we'll hear all about that next right here on wax Keep it at Rural, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Josh Grit is in a real bind. He's the service and general manager as well as a co-owner of Wapon Equipment. So what's the problem? Like many shops out there, he can't find enough skilled service techs to meet the needs of his customers. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. 
Josh, you told me that you have 26 service techs across your locations, but in a perfect world, how many would you have? Probably like 32 or 34. Josh, why do you think there's such a shortage in service technicians? A lot of that stems from 40 years ago, equipment was a lot simpler, so you could train somebody in a week or two on most of the basic stuff. Now, uh, the equipment's exponentially more complex, so you can't learn it in 10 minutes or two days or three days. It's quite an extensive amount of training to get the basics on even just how to troubleshoot and diagnose the equipment. So with the added productivity and added all these efficiencies that that OEMs sell uh, to growers, with it comes exponential complexity from a service and maintenance standpoint. And it's not just a lack of service techs. You say it's also farmers relying heavily on shops. You know, 40 years ago, a lot of guys could work on their own equipment. 30 years ago, they could do the basic stuff themselves. You know, they had the tools and the capacity to be able to do it. And now machine complexity has made that difficult for people to do even, for the most part, basic maintenance on their equipment. So it's not even necessarily that there's more equipment or anything like that. It's it's uh, very few people attempt to do any of their own maintenance just because of the complexity of the equipment now. So you're short on people and not all of the folks you have in the shop have that advanced knowledge needed to work on some equipment. What does that boil down to for farmers? Well, slows down the turnaround time. And there isn't a lot of equipment out on lots that can be used as a rental in case of a bigger breakdown. You know, that's kind of the double-edged sword of the times we're in. You know, if you go back two years, two and a half years, there was a most industry pundits will call it a, a glut of inventory, too much stuff. Now the last year and a half with all the supply chain shortages and uh, new equipment cost going up and availability going down, uh, it's kind of cleared out all the equipment that was on lots. So not only do your shop turnaround is longer, your availability to have a backup machine is almost non-existent now. So it's a, definitely a double-edged sword. And then it's almost like three edges now because you also have the parts availability issue and supply chain issues where you know, a part that you could normally get overnighted in a day might be backordered for six weeks. So now it's, you know, coming at you from the worst case scenario in all situations, almost, unfortunately. So what do farmers do if they have a big breakdown in the middle of corn harvest? That's a struggle. Um, Some of them have gone to, you know, they hire, if they got a neighbor that's got it, got something they can use, or a neighbor that's getting done, or someone, a custom guy to come in and finish up some acres, or, you know, hope that it can get patched together in a time enough fashion to be able to finish up, but we've been fortunate. I mean, there hasn't been major catastrophic stuff. Um, what we've seen some guys do in the past year, uh, when they do trade equipment, or when they update equipment, they don't trade their old stuff in. They keep the old one for a spare, just in case. Um, we're seeing a lot more of that in the last year and a half. It's a nice thought, but that's hard to bankroll. Yeah, especially with rising prices and so on. So what would you suggest is the best way for farmers to keep their equipment out of your shop? I mean, I know you want the business, but you've got a lot of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in a perfect world, it's it's regular maintenance, off-season maintenance. Um, we do winter service programs. That is hands down the best way to... It, then if you have breakdowns in the season, they tend not to be catastrophic. They tend to be, you know, simple things that can turn around in a day. If you wait on fixing this piece and, you know, try to risk 
risk it. We're going to get through one more season with it. Well, if one piece breaks and it grenades and creates a chain reaction and then you've got a catastrophic breakdown versus if you do the maintenance in January, February, March, or, you know, in the summer, if it's a combine, you wind up, you know, if something breaks, it's one piece because you have, you've, you've maintained the rest of the machine and it's just a kind of the course of regular business. You know, you, you have a tire go flat or you have a light bulb burnout or you have a, you know, belt break, pretty minor stuff that you could turn around pretty quick. You don't have something that fails and takes out other pieces because you're, you're running a machine that hasn't been properly maintained or serviced or updated. Like many of the equipment dealers out there, you offer on-call service for after hours, but are you still able to do that even though you're light on techs? Not to the extent, you know, it's kind of when it's available, we do, but it's not always available. That's That's been a struggle. So you mentioned catastrophic events. The one I think of with as dry as it's been this season is combine fires. So what are your recommendations to make sure that farmers aren't starting their combines on fire this fall? Right. Yeah. Get get friendly with the air compressor, air nozzle. Make sure you know your filters and cab air filters and everything are clean. You know, just clean and chaff off a of high rotation spots, you know, bearings and pulleys and belts, you know, making sure there's not four days worth of chaff and oil built up sitting around just waiting to get hot and spark. Like if you got a bearing out, replace it now. Don't try to limp it through for another day because then you might wind up with a fire and there's no backup machine for you to have. So then you're up the creek. Preventative maintenance is a great idea, of course, but are those parts available? Can you get the filters you need? Those have been, for the most part, uh, readily available. A lot of the, the general maintenance, you know, oil, filters, the, the stuff that's been hard to get has been specific components like high, and high dollar components like hydraulic pumps and gearboxes, you know, things that will actually prevent you from moving. General maintenance stuff has been, for the most part, available in short order. So, you know, that, that can go a long way, you know, checking the machine over even a week or two before you're going to head to the field and just make sure that there's nothing loose or cut. It, it is amazing. That'll cut your downtime immensely. I don't have a stat for what it does, but I just know when we get all the guys who we service through on a winter inspection for combines, we tend to have a lot fewer service calls in the fall, and the service calls that we do have wind up being minor, you know, not something that would stop a guy from combining. It's a more of a technology thing like this function doesn't work, you know, this cool creature comfort, but it doesn't really affect whether or not the machine functions so you can still get your crop out of the ground. Circling back to getting service technicians hired, there's a lot of talk these days about skipping four-year school and going to trade school instead. Are you seeing that? You are. Um, the dilemma is, you know, it just takes time. You know, I think there's a lot more kids that are pursuing trade schools now and tech schools going that route. But, you know, it's really just started in the last year or two, maybe three. So, you know, it still takes two years of going through a program and then two or three years of doing kind of like apprenticeship type stuff. So, you know, I don't think you'll see the the results of that for probably two or three years yet before you really start seeing a new flock of the next generation of technicians and stuff coming in. And again, technicians are needed in so many areas of agriculture and other industries as well. Josh Groot from uh, Wapan talking with our Carrie Mest about uh, equipment techs, the jobs that are available out there and what it takes to fill it. 28 and a half minutes after 5 o'clock on a Tuesday morning at Wax. We'll catch some markets next. We're going to join Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in Withy. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Another trading week is underway, and let's find out how it's going. Over at Premier Livestock and with you, Rocky Olson joins us. Morning, Rocky. What's the situation of the uh, snow and ice over in Lublin? Is it uh, sinking a little bit? I know uh, we left the ball game in Thorpe last night, and yeah, it was a 
starting to get a little icy out there. Don't look like we had any really much for any snow out there. But, no. yeah, I'm sure it's 32 degrees. I'm sure it's a little slick out. Yeah, be careful. That's for sure. So uh, we don't want to have anybody in the ditch. Uh, worse than that. Hey, how'd the trade go yesterday? What's going on this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This uh, yesterday's auction shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold right at 1,000 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle trade is steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 135 to 145. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers, 137 to 152. Uh, market cows traded steady. High yielding cows from 80 to 95. Most cows from 68 to 79. Uh, market bulls high yielding from 90 all the way up to a dollar six. Lower yielding, uh, 99 and down. Uh, organic market cows uh, sold every Monday. High yielding cows, uh, strong market there from a dollar to a dollar twenty-eight. Lower yielding, uh, ninety. 99 and down. A newborn Holstein bull calves yesterday uh, traded mostly from 100 to 200. Your beef calves 150 to 400. Today, Tuesday, uh, special feeder cattle auction. We're also going to sell bred beef cows. Uh, we're expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle. Uh, like I said, we start with the bred beef cows first. They need to be in by 930 for preg checks. going to be a little lighter run of bred beef cows, so we'll be on feeder cattle earlier today. Uh, quality is excellent today. Lots of Great quality feeder cattle, well-vaccinated feeder cattle on average. Uh, like I said, look at that full list of consignments on our website. Then tomorrow, Wednesday, we got our uh, dairy cattle auction. Uh, don't forget we start the day with our hay auction at 9.30. Nice selection of hay and straw. Uh, but dairy cattle underway at 11 with three organic herd dispersals. Herd number one, we're going to have 100 milking shorthorns. Uh, the cows and the bred heifers are also certified uh, grass-fed organic. Herd two, organic uh, 35 Holstein, red Holsteins and jerseys, um, some nice crosses in that herd. Herd number three is Holsteins and crosses, uh, plus lots of conventional consignments and spring and heifers. We've got some really nice groups of uh, fresh parlor freestall cows, a really nice group of fresh two-year-olds, and we have some nice tie stall cows as well on the conventionals. Full details with pictures on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, questions, uh, feel free to give us a call anytime, 715 229 don't forget all these auctions uh, this week will be broadcast live on Cattle USA. We also do order buying. And March uh, 24th will be our large equipment auction. Boy, we're really getting a nice lineup of uh, equipment for that sale. Uh, if you'd like to get yours uh, consigned, give us a call. If you get it in before February 20th and you call us and pre-consign it, we'll get you a little better rate on your commission on those larger machinery items. So that's the way it's shaped up, Bob, and uh, we'll tell you all about it tomorrow. All right, well, you shouldn't have any trouble getting to the farms today. 30s today, 40 tomorrow. Yep, that'll be all right. All right, thanks, Rocky. We'll talk to you in the morning. Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock in Withy. We'll find out about our weather next. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you volunteered for duty at the feed bunk standing outside this week, not a bad decision. Weather's pretty good temperature-wise. We'll find out right now because Mike Dandria joins us, courtesy of Northside Elevator and uh, Loyal and Arcadia, soon and Stanley all over the place. And it's not bad for February, Mike. No, and uh, last week, you know, anyone that was, uh, you wouldn't have too many people chomping at the bit, I should say, for any outdoor chores. But this week's looking a little different, isn't it? It really is. I mean, and of course, a lot of it's this time of the year is the wind, and we are going to deal with that a little bit, huh? Right, yeah, today and even into tomorrow as well. But for today, we're starting off with a mostly cloudy sky, and we even had a little bit of drizzle earlier. However, 
we'll see more sunshine going into the afternoon and breezy, keeping our temperatures pretty steady into the low to mid-30s. But tonight, winds will start to die down and pick up a little out of the south through the overnight, but it'll still cool us off into the low 20s and upper teens with a mostly clear sky overhead. Tomorrow, more sunshine, and with that southerly wind, that may be enough to push us up into the upper 30s and potentially hit that 40-degree mark for the first time in Eau Claire in 2023. But then going into tomorrow night, some cloud cover rolls back in, and we'll have temperatures in the mid-20s. Thursday brings us a chance at a little bit of precipitation. This is a larger-scale storm system that will likely impact areas well to our south, but we may find ourselves on the northern fringes, otherwise highs into the mid-30s. Friday, cooling it off into the mid to upper 20s, right around our averages. And then Saturday, we warm it back up into the low to mid 30s with a mostly sunny sky. A few more clouds roll in on Sunday, still into the upper 30s, and that's where we hang out to start next week. But for right now, we do have a mainly cloudy sky, a little bit of drizzle, and a temperature of 34 degrees in Eau Claire. Ooh, not bad for February 7th at uh, 5.30 in the morning. Uh, that's what I was going to say. In Milwaukee earlier, was pretty close to 50 degrees. They were at 47 oh, wow. Oh, yeah. boy, oh, boy. But don't, don't get anxious because, what, uh, Jimmy down in Sun Prairie saw a shadow <laughs> six more. It's not over yet. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but longer-range climate models may be hinting at some colder air towards the middle to end of the month. Well, but, of course, it's too far out to tell right now no, for sure. But, but uh, I could have made that prediction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Absolutely, Bob. Have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over there. It's Skywarn 13 as we look at the weather brought to you by Northside Elevator. Lots of weather to look at, as always. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I know somebody that's enjoying these uh, moderate temperatures in February. That's Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. And... um, this make you want to get your garden catalogs out to see what you're going to plant this year? Start my tomato shopping? Yeah, yeah. No, but it does make me ditch the face mask when we're out. <laughs> had a, a had a volleyball meeting last night. I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go with the regular hat. I don't need to wear the face mask. Well, so good for you. Good decision. <laughs> Hopefully it'll stay that way. What's going on? We're going to start with headlines that keep us pretty close to our area. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We approach the bench with a gavel drop. We know it's 15 years behind bars for the Eau Claire man who set a house on fire with seven people inside. A judge handed Thomas Hicks that sentence yesterday as he pleaded guilty to lighting his house on fire in January of 2020 because his wife accused him of cheating. Hicks says he left the house without waking anyone else up. All seven people were able to make it out alive. The fire, though, did gut that home. As we look to other headlines on the political stage, a familiar name to our area suits up for a new gig. Former Western Wisconsin Congressman Ron Kind has a new job, but it'll keep him in D.C. Yesterday, he said he's been hired as a senior policy advisor at the Arnold and Porter firm. He just ended, of course, a 26-year career in our area as Congress and uh, chose not to run for re-election last fall. He said that this new job will help him find solutions to complex policy and legal issues that affect us all. As we look to other headlines, the Wisconsin National Guard not hitting the numbers they want. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster looks closer at a recruitment problem that's not new for the Guard. The Guard yesterday said it's 17% short of its goals for the year. Lieutenant Colonel Shannon Hellenbrand says it makes it harder on all soldiers when there's not enough new soldiers coming into the Guard. Recruitment challenges are not new for the Guard. Hellenbrand says they fell short last year as well. 
The Wisconsin National Guard wanted to recruit 950 new soldiers last year, but ended up getting just 577. There are a number of recruitment challenges, commanders say, including being worried about the pandemic and a lack of physically fit young people that can meet the minimum National Guard standards. I'm John DeMaster. Well, it's not you and it's not me. We're back to work. But somebody in Washington is not after that massive Powerball drawing sold in Washington State. There was a winning ticket worth more than $750 million. And when it comes to money, something tells me this graduate is not going to have to play the lottery. At nine years old, he just graduated. They didn't bog me down. They also advocated for me saying he can do this, he can do that. It's Pennsylvania that the little guy uh, graduated at nine years old. His name is David. His next stop, he says astrophysics is the career he has his sights on. The big challenge for mom and dad, deciding what university and college might be right for a nine-year-old. And we had you back to the bar, and at nine years old, I think I had a wheelbarrow and a shovel in my hands. <laughs> it's Bob Bolsel, Joe Welke, and your Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Can you say the Big Bang Theory? Yeah, no kidding, yeah. right? Unbelievable. Yeah. At nine, I... I I'm glad that I was occupied with uh, dirtier oh, projects man. around the farmyard, but uh, good for I, them. Yeah, it really is. Nine years old. Says something else. It really is. Thanks, Morgan. Anytime, Bob. All right, Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. 20 minutes, about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. Jerry Clark, Chippewa County Agricultural Agent. Is, well, I don't know if that's his title anymore or not, but that's what I know. This way this extension is moving and changing. I don't know, but we'll find out next. Jerry's going to join us. Talking about issues in agriculture here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, Jerry Clark is with us. And uh, again, Jerry's uh, getting back on the air with us after the uh, the COVID situation and everything was shut down. We uh, lost Jerry on the air with us, but uh, glad to have you back. Jerry Clark. Yeah, thanks, Bob. What's Good to be t- back. What's your title, as I said? The way they change things in extension, I have no idea. Well, uh, I'm an agriculture educator, and yeah. my focus is crops and soils. Okay. So we can but leave it for the that. county or the area? Or uh, currently with Chippewa County yet, um, okay. but as we're changing, we'll probably be focusing a little more in Eau Claire and Dunn as well. Oh, so. good. Good. Okay, we can use it. That's for sure. And uh, before we get going, I mentioned right off the start of the uh, program this morning that we uh, lost a... Uh, well, we're losing some of the folks and, well, getting to be my generation now, <laughs> unfortunately, and uh, quickly becoming yours as well. But uh, one guy we lost that I know you're very familiar with, so active up in Chippewa County in the area, Gary Kremenauer. Mm-hmm. We lost him, what, a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Eagle Point Built Eagle Point Mutual or helped build that oh, yes, and, and yes. so involved in the uh, livestock project at the fair in Chippewa and uh, so many other things. And I just saw him and did an interview, had Gary on the air, he had uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and uh, had him on the air, and I said, can you talk? Of course, he had oxygen, yeah, maybe I'll bring that back out or send it to his wife or whatever, but uh, good guy. Yeah, he was, uh, I, I know, uh, met Gary just through the through the business of the insurance there, but uh, his uh, was so involved with the quality meat animal program in Chippewa County, so again, uh, just another great supporter of agriculture and if you ever needed anything even financial support for a program i know he was really uh, a major part of the uh, tour to farm the bicycle mm-hmm, ride we mm-hmm, did that first mm-hmm. year yep, uh, first couple years yeah, yep. uh, always there to support we'll have to check that out i don't know if they're gonna have that bike ride or not but uh, again gary rest in peace also lauren hansen 
And uh, Lauren, the dairy farm out along Highway 29 West, just on the edge of Dunn County, into Dunn County there, Chippewa Dunn County line. Lauren was uh, a dairy farmer all his life, passed away last week at the age of 69. That's a young man, Mm -hmm. but went to UW-River Falls and active in church and a singer and a great dairy farm with his family and his wife Diane out there and their kids, and he passed away. His funeral will be this coming Friday at Shepherd of the Hill Church there in in Elk Mound. But, uh, again, a, a good good dairy farmer and a good guy. Always had that kind of a uh, little smile on his face. You know, he, he just that was his natural yep. face yep. Ex- expression was that smile. But uh, another another good guy lost uh, two good ones there in agriculture. Mm-hmm. So both of them rest in peace. You, could, uh, you done good while you were here, that's for sure. Yep. Well, what do we got for uh, activities as far as your area of expertise there? What do we got going on, Jerry, as far as forages are concerned? Well, yeah, we've got the, uh, in a couple of weeks, we've got the Midwest uh, Forage Association uh, Spring Sympo- or Symposium. Uh, that's also in conjunction with the Wisconsin uh, uh, Custom Operators and the Custom Manure Applicators that have a statewide association. And so there again, we're bringing in uh, uh, David Cole's going to be our keynote speaker. So anyone that's interested in hearing kind of that, uh, uh, where the state of agriculture as a industry across the country, David across always, the world with him. Yeah, yeah, that guy brings uh, a very interesting perspective and a lot of information. So uh, that alone is probably worth the trip uh, down. It's in Wisconsin Dells at the Chula Vista. It'll be February twenty first and twenty second, and so. Um, the other part of it is it's uh, we we've got a lot of uh, research from the mid, um, we call them the Midwest uh, Forage Association uh, re- re- research proposals, and so a number of uh, state specialists from across the Midwest have done research on all kinds of different uh, packages of of haylage or alfalfa growing uh, baleage. It, it it's just amazing how many different topics are across the board uh, looking at these uh, research proposals. So if you're interested in learning a lot more about uh, forages, uh, as well as maybe some nutrient management, if you're interested in uh, the manure application side of things, or as well as uh, looking at custom operating, if you're interested in that or getting into that business, it's a really unique symposium that kind of brings together the whole uh, uh, groups of forage harvesting, manure application, and custom uh, uh, harvesting. How do we, how do we register? I can register online. Uh, you can go to the Midwest Forage Association dot org. You can get it there. Um, you can call any uh, regional uh, or county extension office. You'll be able to talk to an agent there. They have the forms as well. But uh, we can mail one out to you. Uh, but that would be the easiest if you have internet accessibility. Is to go to Midwest Forage Association. They got the symposium link right there, and you can register. And the dates again are. February twenty first and twenty second. Now, does that we can register for a room, or you got to do that separately with Chula uh, Vista? Yeah, that's sep- uh, that's separate. The link is or the uh, information's all right there for you to to get your room. All right, I haven't been up to the fairgrounds in Chippewa Falls lately. Have you driven by there? How are we doing with building we a got, new fairgrounds? We got two up. Two there's, up. There's two of them up right now, or I guess uh, one looks like it's kind of sealed in. The other one is getting sealed in so or you know what about the big one that big coliseum yeah thing? that one seems to be that's the one that's furthest along that's going to be what custer coliseum or something I like believe that so. at the yep. custer farms yep i right. have to take a peek and see uh, what's going on this week haven't been by there but yes there's two of them up oh that's good to hear and uh 
Fair's not that far away. No, it comes pretty fast. Lots of new construction around the area. Boy, oh boy. So, and even country jam grounds now in Chippewa County. Yeah, out on pushing TV. a lot of earth there, too. Yeah, they sure are. Thanks, Jerry. All right, thanks, Bob. Glad to be back. You bet. Good to have him back. Jerry Clark, Chippewa County Agricultural Agent, and uh, we'll get to some markets next here on Wax. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, 34 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Hut, Eman, and Sparta Equity. Fed cattle selling steady today with the Highland Choice Beef Steers and Heifers 157 to 166. Choice and Select Beef Steers and Heifers 146 to 156. The Dairy Cross Steers 138 to 153. The Highland Choice Holstein Steers 136 to 143. Topping at 143 and a half. Choice and Select Holstein Steers 125 to 135 with the unfinished steers. Heifers and heavy steers 124 and down. Cow market steady to stronger. With the high yielding cows running at 78 to 88, topping at 90 cents. The cutters and utilities 62 to 77. With the low yielding and canter cows 61 and down. Organic market today with results from the February 6th sale. Most organic cows bringing 116 to 131. The thinner and smaller organic cows 95 to 115. With the organic steers and heifers 125 to 140. Bull market steady to stronger with most bulls bringing 85 to a dollar with a thin. Full of bulls over a ton discounted at 84 and down. Calves they sold by the pound with a stronger market with the quality Holstein bull calves bringing a dollar to two dollars, topping at two oh five. The quality Holstein after calves ten to sixty cents. The quality beef bulls two seventy five to four fifteen. The quality beef heifers two dollars to three twenty five. With the light and poor quality calves ten to sixty cents per pound. Just a reminder: our next sale will be Wednesday, February eighth, starting at ten a.m. with fed cattle. Followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Aim to Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Smiling Bob's going to welcome in Jerry Fitzgerald right now. And Jerry, of course, over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. What's temperature? Look at your thermometer outside the door there in Marathon County this morning, Jerry. Yeah, I did, Bob. Good morning. It's 34 degrees, and Good. we got a little, uh, I don't know, I call it an aggravation of some kind of a slop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something like that, but we can expect that this time of the year, but not too bad for the most part. Hey, what's been going on? It's only one day of trading so far, but how'd that go yesterday over at Stratford? Bob, we better do that. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. The summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. On the cow market yesterday, uh, high-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows were selling from uh, 77 to 91. Uh, most of the cows in yesterday's auction selling between uh, 57 and 77. Thinner cows, like carcass cows, below 55. On the bull trade, better quality bulls are at 85 to 98. Lighter weight bulls, 83 and below. Uh, fed cattle trade, choice grading Holstein steers are mostly from $1.30 to $1.42. Select underfinished cattle, 126 and below. On the calf market yesterday, a very strong calf market. Uh, of course, Monday is always features a lot of calves and very strong market yesterday. 9,230 pound Holstein bull calves, uh, selling from 100 to 245. A little better demand on the heifer calves yesterday, mostly 30 to 80. Uh, and the beef calves also very, very strong, 180 to 400, topping at 410. And uh, Tuesday here, busy day on tap here. Today we get started this morning at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. Folks, if you're looking for small squares, we have them today as part of the hay auction. 
Again, first crop, they will be small squares if you're looking for those. 11 o'clock, we'll move into the dairy auction. We've got uh, some smaller consignments of dairy cattle today, including a smaller group of uh, freestyle cows. Uh, and these are uh, all stages of lactation there. And we do have some springing Holstein heifers, and they are also freestyle raised. So that will be at 11, followed by the market auction today. And, of course, we do sell organic cows every Tuesday along with the conventional market cattle. And don't forget, feeder cattle sale tomorrow at 1230. Uh, we have a nice lineup of feeder cattle for that auction tomorrow. And again, folks, have you got cattle to consign? We like hearing from you at 687-4101. And uh, I know uh, Jill alluded to last week, uh, we do have the annual district meetings coming up. That's not going to be until March, but uh, Stratford's annual district meeting will be March 17th. So that's... Uh, uh, Corn, beef, and folks. cabbage. I know. I have to. I have to get a hold of the folks down in uh, uh, Baraboo and see if they could do that, or I could talk to uh, the ladies over there at Country Air. So we'll see. But uh, that's a ways off. But boy, I tell you, things are moving right along here. We're in February already. Absolutely, and it won't be long. Valentine's Day. I know that's one of your favorite days of the year. Well, like I told Jill last week, I said if you want to get your your uh, a special friend a, a an expensive gift, just go get a dozen eggs and put a red ribbon around it. <laughs> or a couple of gallons of gas, whatever the case may be. Hey, you have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. Bob, enjoy the day and uh, drive safe. Absolutely. Jerry Fitzgerald over Stratford. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland bringing us the markets. Uh, yesterday in the Board of Trade, beans were just a little bit lower, weaker meal prices, and also uh, concern, I don't know, fallout from the Chinese balloon incidents. They shot it out of the sky. That's what they should have done. Corn, about a penny higher sales in Japan and Mexico. But overnight, March corn down three cents, 676. The oats at 383. March wheat up. They're down four at seven forty-five, and uh, soybeans for March up six cents at fifteen twenty-seven. Meal up sixty cents a ton at four hundred eighty-nine dollars and sixty cents. Country elevator prices: Northside Elevator Loyal Location corns at six twenty-five, and soybeans are at fourteen sixty-one. At the Arcadia location, corns at six thirty-eight, with soybeans at fourteen sixty-three. And taking a look at the rest of our markets. Uh, on the DTN screen, Golden Plump in Arcadia Corn is six forty seven today. At Baldwin, six thirty one, beans fourteen fifty eight, Duran six twenty six, fourteen fifty two in Mondovi and Elmwood both have corn at six thirty one. Beans in Mondovi fourteen fifty seven and Elmwood fourteen sixty two. Fall Creek corn six seventeen, beans fourteen thirty seven, Osseo six thirty six and fourteen sixty two. Elk Mound six twenty seven on the corn, fourteen sixty three and the beans spart at six twenty one. Beans fourteen fifty two, Ellsworth six oh seven and fourteen oh nine. Ethanol plants, Boysville corn six forty two, Stanley six thirty one, New Richmond six twenty three. Barrel cheese down three a dollar sixty. The blocks down a cent and a half at a dollar eighty five. Butter up a half at two thirty eight. February class three down eight at seventeen eighty four. March down twenty seven at seventeen forty six. April down fourteen at seventeen ninety. May down thirteen at eighteen twenty eight. June down nine eighteen seventy four. And you're going to be on the road here. What do you get, Owen with the FFA today? Yep, I'm going to head to Owen with the and catch up with the FFA members. All right, we'll find out what's going on with the Owen with the FFA this Saturday morning. And uh, again, that'll be brought to you by uh, Egg Country Farm Credit Services. 34 degrees right now, about 36. Oh, partly cloudy and breezy today.
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.